Tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Marcel with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. We have got a lot to talk about here on the Locked On Islanders podcast on this Monday. And I hope everybody had a very good weekend. Not the best weekend for the New York Islanders. They fall in their lone game 3-1 to in Dallas to the Dallas Stars. We'll break down all of the action, explain what went wrong and why, and really kind of discuss whether or not this is indicative of a bigger problem for the New York Islanders as they've been struggling a little bit, uh, especially on the road in recent games. So we'll talk about that. We will have this date in Islanders history, a very special memory for Glenn Chico Resch, And, of course, we will also preview tonight's game in Tampa Bay against the Lightning. All right, let's get started by discussing the game against Dallas. Not the greatest game for the New York Islanders, and special teams, really, were a big part of the Islanders' undoing under the circumstances. Not the kind of game that you really thought that the Islanders were going to play. So, we have to take a look and see what's going on, but uh, let's break it down. Tomas Grice in goal for the New York Islanders against Big Ben Bishop, the goaltender for Dallas. And right off the bat, the Islanders draw a power play. I like the way that Ross Johnston hustles. And he's the one who draws the power play just a little over a minute into the game. But again, as I mentioned, Special teams were a problem for the Islanders and the power play unable to get things going. It was 1.52, the time of the penalty. And, uh, you know, the Islanders' power play does not get the job and doesn't get the job done. And early on, they were being outplayed. And again, kind of a slow, sluggish start on the road for this team and, you know, a little more than six minutes in, shots on goal 7-3 to three in favor of Dallas, despite the fact that the Islanders were the team that had the power play. But Tomas Grice had a pretty good start to the game, keeping the Stars from taking the lead early on. But in the end, off the faceoff, Andrew Cogliano gets his first goal at 11.59, uh, Oleksiak and Heiskanen get the assists and suddenly it is one nothing in favor of Dallas and again you have that face-off in the Islanders zone and quick passes setting up the shot from the left side of the crease and this is unusual I think in that the Islanders 
throughout this game, and we saw this a little bit in the past, giving up a few too many chances down low. Uh, not what you expect from a Barry Trotz coached team, and yet, you know, here it is. And for Cogliano, by the way, his first goal of the season. Then Matthew Barzal heads to the penalty box for high sticking, uh, and that put the Islanders down a man, and the Dallas Stars take advantage of it. Radulov, Alexander Radulov, his ninth of the season on the power play from John Klingberg and Matthias, Matthias Janmark, 2-0 at 16.02 of the opening period, and all of a sudden, Islanders are behind the eight ball, and that's exactly where you don't want to be, especially on the road. This period, first period, shots on goal 16-11 to 11 in favor of Dallas, but here's the thing. The Stars had a lot of quality chances in that first period, and if it wasn't for the strong play of Tomas Grice, very easily, this game could have been out of reach already after 20 minutes, so... 2-0 after one period in favor of Dallas. And immediately again in the second period, the Islanders are in trouble. Matthew Barzal, his second penalty, a tripping call. He tripped hints up, and all of a sudden, Dallas takes advantage. They score again on the power play. That's their second power play goal in two opportunities. And... That was a situation that made it 3-0 as Denis Gurianov scored from the left side of the crease, puts it home. Radulov and Corey Perry each get assists. So Radulov with a multiple-point game, a goal and an assist. And the penalty kill really letting down the Islanders. Time of the goal, 3-12, and it was 3-0 in favor of Dallas. And... It was at this point, down 3 nothing, that the Islanders really kind of woke up. But, you know, let's face it, it's a little too late to wake up when you're already down 3 nothing on the road. It's, it's put you in a very bad situation. And, you know, it's tough to come back after you're down 3 nothing. Now, the Islanders played better in the second period, and we actually went... 10 minutes plus without a whistle in that period, which is a very rare occurrence. The first stoppage was at 14.54 of the second period, and then we went to 4.34 without a whistle. So entertaining hockey, fast-paced, good Islanders playing better, but still not able to get a heck of a lot of quality scoring opportunities in that second period. Again, they play better, but not well enough. After 40 minutes, 3-0 Dallas. Shots on goal, 29-20 in favor of the Stars. The best scoring chance for the Islanders, a backhander by Brock Nelson very late in the period. He was just below the left circle when he let it go, but Bishop comes up with the save, and it's still 3-0 after 40 minutes. And the Islanders knew if they were going to get back into this game, it would require a Herculean effort in the third period for them to pull off the comeback. 
right, we've got more to talk about on Locked On Islanders on today's episode. We'll recap the third period and give our thoughts about the game. Plus, we've got this date in Islanders history and a full preview of tonight's game in Tampa Bay. Lots to talk about right here on the Locked On Islanders podcast. All right, the third period was probably the Islanders' best period overall, but again, there was a certain amount of desperation that was necessary, trailing three to nothing, and, you know, Ben Bishop did his job making a lot of very good saves, uh, including, you know, seven minutes into the period, uh, Mayfield came between the circles and managed to get a good low shot off on Bishop. Bishop comes up with the save, and you got the feeling that Bishop was on top of his game because he was not, it wasn't necessary for him to move. Now, Bishop is a big goalie. He takes up a lot of the net as it is, but under the circumstances here, he had minimum movement from side to side. He played his angles so well. He was very confident, and he, even though he's a big goalie, he looked even bigger in between the pipes for Dallas because the Islanders just could not find an edge uh, to get the puck behind him. First of all, most of their shots were not quality, way down low kind of plays where they had a chance to add to their, you know, to def- get a deflection or a rebound. And, you know, Bishop was just really a step ahead, more or less, for most of the game, including this third period. Finally, with four minutes and 33 seconds left in regulation, the Islanders get on the board. Taze with a shot from the point that Matthew Barzal managed to tip. That's his team-leading 12th goal of the year. Taze and Mayfield with the helpers. And at 15:27, the Islanders had pulled to within two goals. And again, I think it's a credit to this team and the way they've done things that even in that situation, down two goals with four and a half minutes roughly left to go, you got that little jolt of confidence that, hey, maybe these, this team can pull off the comeback. Unfortunately, they were not able to do that. With 2.35 left, Grice headed off the ice for the extra attacker, but the Islanders were not able to get things going and, you know, in the end, final score ended up being 3 nothing With a minute and a half left in the game, Nick Letty headed to the bench, seemed to be unable to put any weight on his left leg, and that is a situation that bears watching. We will update you uh, as soon as we have more information. But first game of this three-game road trip, uh... A, a losing effort by a score of three to one, and again can't blame Tomas Grice really for anything that you know any of the three goals that uh, he led up. Two of them on the power play. These were deflections. These were shots from in close that he really didn't have much of a chance in, and as a result, the Islanders fall short. Now, a couple of statistical notes. From this game, first of all, Ross Johnston in 12 and a half minutes of action, nine hits for him, and he played a solid game. Matt Martin had six hits for the Islanders. 
uh, Adam Pellick had four uh, on defense. Also, three block shots each for Pellick and Johnny Boychuk. But uh, overall, the Islanders not getting the job done. 34 saves for Ben Bishop uh, in order to earn the win. And in the faceoff circle, where the Islanders have kind of done pretty well, they struggled a little bit. Brock Nelson still doing well at 59%. Derek Broussard at 58 uh, winning 7 out of 12. But Casey Sezikis only wins 4 out of 13. Matthew Barzal, 1 out of 6. So uh, the Islanders, not their usual uh, selves in that face-off circle. But overall, not a sharp game. Not the kind of game you expect from the, a, a Barry Trotz coach team. Noah Dobson and Michael Dalcole were the scratches for the Islanders. And again, you look at the shot chart from this game. A lot of quality chances down low for the Dallas Stars. And that is, you know, the result. A 3-1 to one loss for the Islanders. Islanders remain in second place right now in the Metropolitan Division. But, uh, you know, getting a little bit further away right now. From the Washington Capitals, Washington has 49 points at 22-4-5. The Islanders, nine points behind the Capitals, although they have three games in hand. Islanders, 19-7-2. Philadelphia, they are just one point behind the Islanders again at 17-8-5, although the Islanders have two games in hand on the Flyers. And by the way, in case you were wondering, the Pittsburgh Penguins... Just two points behind the Islanders. And the Carolina Hurricanes, just three points behind the Islanders. Now, all of those teams have played two more games than the Islanders. The Flyers, Penguins, and Hurricanes. But it's hard to believe when you break things down how close the standings are. Even though the Islanders had that long unbeaten streak in the NHL in this day and age... It's, you know, no guarantee of anything. You have got to work hard to try to bank those points and save them up because it is so competitive. And the Metropolitan Division in particular, very even-handed, very competitive, and one of those situations that, you know, you can't take any game or any points for granted. You've got to go out there and get the job done because... There are a lot of good teams in this division, and the Islanders have to make sure that they stay competitive right now. Season ended today. Islanders would have home ice advantage in that first round of the playoffs, but they would love to hold on to that. Definitely a a big difference, I think, for this team, and we've seen it in recent games. A big difference between the way they've been playing at home, where they remain very, very formidable and difficult to beat, and the way they've been playing on the road, where ever since the three-game California road trip, not only have they not been winning a lot on the road, but they really haven't been playing well on the road. And that is not like this New York Islanders team. So uh, they've got to right that ship, and they still need to figure out uh, how to score more goals, especially on road games. So little disappointment there. We'd love to hear what you have to think if you want to chime in about the Islanders' road woes, at least the recent road woes. You could send us an email. 
The email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. Leave your name and where you're from, and we'll be happy to answer a question, read a comment, uh, or discuss a topic that is on your mind. So feel free to drop us a line. You can also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles, and you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. So... That will keep you up to date on all things New York Islanders. We've got a lot more to get to today on the show. We will still have this date in Islanders history, plus a full preview of tonight's game in Tampa against the Lightning. We'll be right back. All right, it's time for this date in Islanders history. We take you back to December 9th, 1975. Islanders at the Nassau Coliseum. A sellout crowd at the Old Barn to see the Islanders take on the Minnesota North Stars. And the two goaltenders, Chico Resch in goal for the Islanders against Cesar Maniago between the pipes for Minnesota. And the Islanders got on the board first. It happened late in the first period as rookie Brian Trottier scored his 12th goal of the year. Assist to Jean Potvin and Dennis Potvin. And that made the score one to nothing. Islanders. It was a power play goal for Trottier, and the Islanders took the lead. Islanders outshot in that first period ten to nine, but stellar goaltending by Chico Resch gave the Islanders that one nothing lead. In the second period, the Islanders pulling away. The top line striking again as Clark Gillies scores at the 2:54 mark of the period with Glenn Sather in the penalty box for Minnesota, Trottier and Jean Potvin with the assists. Then defensive center Andre St. Laurent got his first goal of the year. Lewis and Nystrom with the assists at 9:25. Lorne Henning follows that up with his third from Ed Westfall and Dennis Potvin at 11:49 and then Gary Howitt scored his fifth from Bobby Nystrom and Jean Potvin. So a three-assist night for Jean Potvin. Dennis Potvin had a pair of assists as the Islanders took a 5-0 lead into the locker room after 40 minutes. Ed Westfall left the game after the second period with a bruised right bicep. Back then, they actually used to tell you what the injury was, unlike now. In the third period, Islanders added to their lead Jude Druan, who the Islanders had acquired in a trade with Minnesota just a year ago, gets his 10th from J.P. Parise, who was also in that trade, and McMillan, time of the goal, 3:31, and that put a cap on it. Islanders dominating the third period, allowing Minnesota only three shots on goal. Final score, Islanders six, North Stars nothing. Chico Resch with his second straight shutout, and the Islanders pull away with a 6-0 win before 14,865 fans at the Nassau Coliseum, all on this date in Islanders history back in 1975. And by the way, the shutout streak for Chico Resch ended up lasting 179 minutes and 29 seconds. It actually started... Five minutes, 15 seconds into the first period of a 4-1 to win in St. Louis. Then on, that was on December 2nd. December 7th, 
He shuts out the Buffalo Sabres 3-0 December 9th, a 6-0 shutout, as we mentioned, of the Minnesota North Stars. And then three days later, uh, three minutes and 44 seconds into the first period, Kurt Bennett of the Atlanta Flames scored a goal. That game ended in a 3-3 tie. But the Islanders, uh, Chico Resch had 179-29 shutout streak. Very impressive. 179 minutes, 29 seconds. And uh, that was a great time for Glenn Chico Resch. All right, tonight the Islanders are in Tampa Bay to take on the Lightning. And Tampa Bay not quite achieving the way most people thought they would. They're in sixth place right now in the Atlantic Division, 14-10-3. Now, they're in sixth place, but they're one point out of third. And Tampa Bay has... Three games in hand on Buffalo and Montreal. Four games in hand on Toronto. All of those teams have 32 points. So it's not like Tampa Bay is playing terrible hockey. But, you know, look, they won the President's Trophy last year. And they are a team that you expect a little bit more from than what, you know, than being just a few games over NHL 500. Their last game which was on Saturday, a 7-1 shellacking of the San Jose Sharks in Tampa. But before that, a 5-4 loss at home against the Minnesota Wild. And they have lost, you know, three of their last five games, but they've also won two of their last three. So again, what we're seeing right now from the Tampa Bay Lightning is very inconsistent hockey. And... You know, that's a little bit surprising, I think, based on everything else. Now, look, they're still without Alex uh, Killorn. They're without Braden Coburn. So, you know, they've got some players banged up. But overall, this is a team that you expect a lot more from than what they're getting. And the Islanders have to hope that they don't get hot at the wrong time. Now, Tampa Bay still putting pucks in the net. They are fifth in the league in goals scored, and they are the league's second best power play team. So the the 0 for 2 that the Islanders penalty kill had against Dallas cannot be repeated against a very tough Tampa Bay power play. They convert on almost 30% of their power play chances, 29.7%. And Steven Stamkos, really the big goal scorer on the power play, he has six, four goals for Killorn and four goals for Braden Point. And meanwhile, Nikita Kucherov has 10 assists, Victor Hedman 12 assists on the power play. So they are deadly with the extra attacker and the Islanders penalty kill has to be ready And assuming the goaltending rotation continues, it'll be Simeon Varlamov in goal in Tampa Bay uh, tonight. So we'll keep an eye on that. Now, the Islanders' power play might be able to do something against Tampa Bay's penalty kill. They are presently 18th in the league at 79.3% efficiency on the PK. And goals against, they're a little bit ahead of the middle. They are 14th in the league with 87 goals against. Andre Vasilevsky uh, is the number one goalie. He started 20 games. He's 11-8-1 on the season. 
But the numbers aren't great. A 2.91 goals against average, a 9.07 save percentage. His backup, Curtis McElhenney, 3.42 goals against average, a 9.08 save percentage, and a record of 3-2-2. We look at the Tampa Bay lineup, and uh, you have Point as the center of the first line with Palat and Kucherov as his wingers. Meanwhile, Steven Stamkos playing center on the second line, uh, but always dangerous, needless to say. And Anthony Sorelli centers that third line with Alex Kalorn and Matthew Yosef uh, on his wings. The defensive core, and it's a good one, Victor Hedman and Kevin Shattenkirk are the top pairing. Ryan McDonough and Ed uh, Eric Cernick are the second pairing, and Mikhail uh, Sergachev and Jan Aruta are the third pairing. So that is sort of the uh, lineup that the Islanders will be facing in Tampa Bay, and it will be a challenge for the Islanders to contain an explosive offensive team in the Tampa Bay Lightning. We'll see if they could do it, and of course we will be back tomorrow with a complete recap and in-depth analysis of what happened in this game. All right, that's going to do it for us right here on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. We will be back tomorrow morning, and our shows usually drop around 6 o'clock a.m., just in time for your morning commute. Enjoy the rest of your day, and thanks for listening. I'm your host, Gil Martin. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, Your team, every day.